this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a white boy who looks like all the other white boys, and I'm Evan. I'm an unreliable narrator with a bouncy ball, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell from those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently starting a new show, 2007 NBC's The Black Donnellys. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, I think Evan might have a bit. We've gone all topsy turvy here. We've gone. We've we've disrupted the format what? of our show. What? We have. Wait, wait a second! I wasn't prepared for an Evan bit. Ronnie Ev- doesn't deal with change well. Evan <laughs> couldn't tell all of the white boys apart from each other because they all dress the same and have the same haircut. So I'm gonna do the recap, but Evan's gonna do a bit. That's there's true. An, that's that's what's happening. There, there's an Andy recap and an Evan bit. Who's doing the Ronnie part? I think Ronnie. Yeah. Oh, if, good. Wait, if I'm Ronnie and you're Ronnie, who's flying the plane? So my bit, I only had uh, a few seconds to come up with this because... <laughs> which is <laughs> which is way life. more than Andy usually has. Yeah, so my train of thought was um, it's a, a show about a bunch of Irish dudes and St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Hey, uh, and we, I also can I, know. Can I just say that we did not do that intentionally? That feels no, vaguely culturally wow. insensitive. We did that on purpose. Yeah, no, we did not. Um, I, I, I don't care enough about St. Patty's Day to know when it is. So yeah. if Evan hadn't just told me that it was around the corner, I'm not eating as much dairy as I used to. Otherwise, the Shamrock Shake at McDonald's would have tipped me off. Um, mm. But I, at, with without that, I have no cultural touchstone to figure out when this when this holiday is. Mm. All right, so my segue off of that was, um, what's your favorite weird saint and or weird saintly relic? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I should have more of an idea of this. Yeah, having grown you were up raised Catholic. Catholic, Ronnie. Come on. I mean, St. George is weird on account of, like, killing dragons. That's, I mean... A little weird. It's More a little cool weird. than weird, I would think. I think he's the only saint that has killed a dragon, at least one that's described as a dragon. Mm-hmm. That's See, cool. but but you, Evan, correct me if I'm wrong, you went to what they would call parochial school. I did, yes. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten all the way up through high school. So. Okay. I went to CCD, which is like... Hebrew school, but for Catholics, and it was just so I could make my sacraments, which are very important because they get me into heaven. <laughs> as the only, as the only true Christian here, as the only, Whoa. as the only immersed in water, <laughs> Jimmy uh, who is Holy. Catholics, Catholics do the poor. They that doesn't do the count. That doesn't fucking yeah. count. Holy uh, shots fired! I don't know much about saints, but I do have a favorite saint, and it's Saint Christopher. The saint of travelers, because he's a werewolf. Yeah, that is true. Saint Christopher has a dog head. Everyone, he's a werewolf. He's a and werewolf. He is therefore he's my 12, favorite he's, saint. He's twelve feet tall and has a dog head. Yes. I don't know if you're all aware of this. And he carried the baby Jesus over a river. Hmm. Except it wasn't like it was a strange material incarnation of the baby Jesus long yeah, after the baby Jesus had grown up and died. Catholic shit is man. weird. Y'all got time travel. That's pretty cool. Um, we do. We do have time travel. Um, so the coolest saint, saintly relic, I think, aesthetically, is St. Valentine's skull, which is in a church in Europe somewhere, and they keep it uh, uh, crowned in a wreath of flowers. So St. Valentine's skull is just like grinning out at a bunch of people with flowers on its head. Um, probably like the weirdest saintly relic is, um, actually, I guess this is a relic. I guess this counts, but it's St. Nicholas, like 
the Santa one. His the Santa remains- Saint. The Santa one, yes. Uh, his remains ooze some kind of liquid, and they collect this liquid and sell it as, like, a healing tonic. That's my favorite relic. It's a cool relic. I went to, uh, growing up, went to uh, St. Michael, the Archangel Church in uh, in Levittown, Pennsylvania. I don't know why I'm, like, triangulating my location for everybody. <laughs> um, but... They had a big statue. I often go into Catholic churches these days and think like, if they couldn't find this much marble and gold, would they have still built a church? Would they still have like gotten this thing together? No, they wouldn't even have they done wouldn't. it. Catholics, they wouldn't. Catholics live for nothing if not uh, the hashtag aesthetic. Yes, so. uh, but I digress. There's a statue in that church of St. Michael standing on top of a demon possibly satan i don't know it looks more like a dragon but he's got this real cool curvy sword that curves it looks it's just it, it's perfectly like a single helix all the way to the tip and he's got that like embedded in the head of this of this demon um the sword's pretty cool i don't know if that's a really a relic or anything or if it's or if it's just based <laughs> on like what the sculptor in levittown wanted to make uh, but uh it's pretty dope I think that St. Michael is typically depicted either standing on or uh, spearing the devil. Yeah, that's, so, that certainly tracks. He's the yeah. general of God's armies in most mythologies. Yeah, so. it's usually a spear and not a sword, though. But Yeah, this this one, he had a real curvy sword, and I was like, that's a cool sword. <laughs> that is one cool sword, St. Michael. High five. Nope, you're a little busy with your hands spearing the devil with that cool sword. So I don't think it's a saintly relic, but it is a biblical relic. Okay. Um, in I want to say First Kings, no, not Kings. I'm sorry. In towards the end of First Samuel, or maybe early on in Second Samuel, when David is running away from Saul, he steals the sword of Goliath from the temple, and he then fights the rest of his battles with Goliath's sword. And if that isn't like some big dick energy move, I don't know what is. So I'm going to say the sort of Goliath. Uh, are there people in history who've claimed to own this? Because I know they found Goliath's. <laughs> they found. <laughs> they quote unquote <laughs> yeah. found. Quote, I, yeah. Unquote. I, I know they found Goliath's skull at some point. Oh, did they? Yeah. It's some like. Was there provenance or did they just find a big ass skull and be like, yo, look at this big dude's skull? I don't know. But, I mean, David killed the guy and then years later stole his sword from the temple and used it. Uh, and that's pretty that's pretty badass. So I'm going to say that. I'm going to say the sword of Goliath. That's pretty good. And I'm, if they I'm, haven't found it yet, we should find it and make some money off those, those, uh, those evangelicals. I don't think evangelicals would be into that. They're not into, like, objects, right? They are into, uh, like, historical fossils that prove that Noah was on the ark and shit like that. Oh, okay. But they don't like relics. They want they want bits of wood from Noah's ark, but it's not cool to have relics. Okay. Okay, sure. They want they want those seashells on top of the Caucasus Mountains and all, but nothing more than that. Before I've- we lose half of our audience though, because they're going to get offended. Um, let's Irish talk about- people are very Roman Catholic. Sorry, that's and it. All connects. It's all just because the Black Donnellys. It's all- let's talk about the Black Donnellys. Would y'all like let's a recap? Talk about Black Donnellys. Because I'm in charge of the recap now. Yeah, Andy's in charge of the recap. What a what a world I, we live in. I have done the recap, Evan. Of course, you have done the recap. Andy, is this your first recap? This is my first recap, y'all. I'm I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Not that Evan, not that I'm not excited for your recaps, but you know, clearly this is this is a a, a real time for Andy to show what Andy is worth. Hit us I'm with doing it, my Andy. own recaps now with cocaine and hookers. This is call app posts. You also are using Wikipedia. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> uses Wikipedia. Anyway. Uh huh. Uh huh. So. Uh, the pilot of the Black Don. Oh, and if you want to follow along, uh, NBC.com. Is it streaming? Maybe? It's, uh, uh, yeah, it is free cool. on NBC.com. And you should watch it, because I like this show. Um, okay, so where to begin? 
There are four Donnelly brothers. Jimmy is the oldest. And when he was, uh, you know, like in middle school or something, he got his leg run over by a car and it shattered. And uh, he now walks with a limp. And also, uh, Italians killed his father and he hates Italians. The next oldest is Tommy. Tommy is the only smart one with any sort of common sense or self-control. <laughs> then there's Kevin, who has a gambling addiction and thinks he's lucky. And then there's the baby of the family, Sean, who is a manslut, and that's like his only defining characteristic. You. Kevin owes a lot of money to his Italian bookie named Louis Downtown. And so he keeps trying to borrow it from people and it's not working out. And so Jimmy has the idea to kidnap the Italian bookie and hold him for ransom. Because that'll be a good idea. That's a thing reasonable people do. Yes. Jimmy has also recently stolen a shirt full of, or I'm sorry, a truck full of Hawaiian shirts. And is trying to like pawn them off on people. And they are very ugly. And he wears said shirt. The entire episode. As do many other people. This is a yeah. very popular piece of clothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the shirts get stolen from him while he's in the bar. And so every time he sees someone wearing the shirts that he stole, he's trying to figure out who stole the shirts from him. It's a great gag. It's a running mm-hmm. joke. Um, Tommy is trying to convince his brothers to not do the dumb thing that they're doing, but it's too late. They already did it. <laughs> They set up a drop to exchange the money. Oh, and it turns out Louis Downtown is the nephew of Salmonetta, the head of the Italian mob. Head of the Irish mob, whose name I forget. Hold on. Hold on. Huey? Yes, Huey. Thank you. Huey comes to Tommy. He's like, hey, uh, did your brothers kidnap an Italian? Because that's a real bad idea. Tommy's like, nope. So the brothers do the drop. The Italians beat up the baby of the family, Sean, and put him in the ICU. They beat the fuck out of him. Jimmy, as revenge, murders Louis Downtown. Tommy realizes that the Italians are going to murder his brother, and he goes to the head of the Irish mob, Huey, and Huey's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to save your brother. Wink, wink, everything's fine. And Tommy's like, no, you're not. You're going to get him killed. So Tommy gets Jimmy arrested, and into rehab for his drug addiction. Jimmy's also addicted to drugs. Um, and then Tommy and Kevin go and murder all of the Italians. All of them. Um, cementing Tommy's fate as like a life of crime instead of uh, the life of art that he wanted to do. Because he did not want to be a criminal. And it turns out that when they went to kill the Italians, Huey was there and Tommy killed Huey as well. Is that all of episode one? That's all. That's all of episode one. If you haven't figured out by now why I'm not doing the the intro, the 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 summary, that's it. That's why. So that was episode one. That was episode one. Oh, also, I forgot. Uh, The entire thing is being narrated by the Donnelly's, like, screwball friend, uh, Joey Ice Cream, who is currently in prison. I forgot that his name was Joey Ice Cream. <laughs> I love Joey Ice Cream. Joey Ice Cream is a good boy. He's never done anything wrong. That's uh, debatable. Uh, episode two is titled A Stone of the Heart. And uh, Jimmy and Kevin are like walking home after the murder. Kevin's all nervous. They get home. They go to like throw some shit out. And... It turns out that Jimmy, when he said he took care of the body of Louis downtown, meant he put it in the dumpster and did not take care of it. So they spend an entire episode trying to figure out how to get rid of this body, and it is quite funny. Uh, Sean is still in the hospital, and Jimmy is in prison, and he is struggling because he's addicted to drugs, and he needs those drugs, and they don't give you drugs in prison. Um... Also, I mean, it's really easy to get drugs in prison, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy and his crush, uh, Jenny Riley, who, like, they got this sexual chemistry, and she's played by Olivia Munn? 
Yep. Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. Oh, there we oh, go. Wrong Olivia. Different. Uh, Jenny Riley and Tommy fuck. And uh, she then is like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to be together because he's not going to be a criminal. And then she finds all the blood in the basement from Louis Downtown's murder, and she spends all day cleaning it and, like, getting rid of all the, like, crime scene evidence because the Donnelly brothers are numpties. And uh, she then, like, calls it off with Tommy. Episode three, God is a Comedian Playing to an Audience Afraid to Laugh is a long song title. And it feels like a Panic at the Disco song title. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. I'm all about it. Uh, Kevin tries to do a bunch of screwy ideas to raise money for Jimmy's bail. And Tommy tries to do a bunch of screwy ideas to get Sean back into ICU because he's afraid he's going to die. Uh, Doki, Huey's brother, tortures the shit out of a bunch of people with an axe to try and get some leads on who killed his brother. And uh, Nikki Katero, who is the, like, lieutenant of the Italian mob, uh, who worked for Sal is doing a bunch of shit to try and, like, impress his new mob boss because Sal has been replaced. And that's episode three. Um, Jimmy gets out of prison and goes back to do drugs. And Sean uh, does not get out of the ICU, but it looks like he's going to get better. And um, there's a lot of mobster shit. <laughs> okay. That's uh that's my recap of the first three episodes of the Black Donnellys. Anyway, yeah, isn't, so that's all of the stuff that goes on in that show. Isn't episode three all about like the wake too? No, that's episode four. You sure? I'm positive. I know the show very well. There there is a wake in these three episodes. There is a wake in the first episode, but Tommy then plans a wake in episode four. Okay. There is a wake in the first episode, though. Yeah. There is a wake I, in I remember the first Did you skip episode two? Because that was the one that was too violent to air on TV. I. Did I? You. Sounds like you did. Sounds like uh, I did. Where do you. Where did. What. Where did you watch this? I own this on DVD. Oh. Yeah. See, that's what happened. I'm crazy. Oh, yeah. We got the secret episode. Oh, you got a secret episode. We got episode. a secret episode that Ronnie didn't get. I was wondering what <laughs> you were talking about. Yeah, so in episode two, they smash a dead body into a pulpy mess with a sledgehammer so that they can fit it into a barrel. And they couldn't apparently put that on TV, so... Jiminy Crickets, there are a lot of plot holes that now make a lot of sense in this show. I bet. <laughs> also, probably why this show struggled a bit, because they did not air the second episode, which has a lot of plot shit in it. It does. Yeah. It does. Okay. All right. So let me erase my memory of episode of NBC's idea of episode three and not actual episode three. Let's talk about this show <laughs> as it exists outside of my frame of reference at this point. Um, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These three apparently incredibly violent episodes of Black Donnelly's. These episodes uh, which we've just discovered are so, incredibly violent. Yeah, re- real real talk, uh, listeners. Uh, NBC did not air the second episode of the show. Uh, I do suggest watching it in order, if you can. Uh, Ronnie uh, had the mistake of not being able to do that, but uh, I'm, sec- look, second episode is important. <laughs> Do not put it's this not mistake Ronnie's on Ronnie's fault. I did put it on your... I said you weren't able to. Yes, I wasn't. That wasn't a- me trying to be, like, sarcastic. That was me being you, genuine. But you said no, it was my mistake. Ronnie had the oh. mistake of not watching okay. I had the mis- no. I had the misfortune, misfortune I think. Misfortune is... is, is yeah. Okay, I misspoke. Yeah. Okay. Try, yeah. Tr- try and watch the second episode. You also see a lot of shirtless Tommy Donnelly, and he is very ripped. Tommy Donnelly. This... This boy, before we get into into what we feel about this show, this boy looks a little bit too much to me like uh, Bolton Ramsey. Ramsey Bolton? Ramsey Bolton. I was saying Bolton, it as if Bolton, it appeared comma, in the, Ramsey. Bolton, comma, Ramsey in the yellow pages. This boy looks a little bit too much like him. And I was like, is this Bolton, comma, Ramsey? 
I I see what you're talking about. I see the resemblance. Yes. There's a slight yeah. resemblance. Mm-hmm. I just I, he's got kind of a he's got kind of a narrower face and a little bit of a narrower nose, yeah, but there is definitely a resemblance. His face, Jimmy he, and Sean are both in Kings, by the way. Jimmy and Sh- Sean, I can't remember anything Sh- about Sean beyond Sean- his like bloody mess- mangled face. Yeah, he's in Kings. He's the princess's boyfriend. But then she like wants to be with David and not that dude. And gotcha. Jimmy is the crazy brother who tries to read the, lead the revolution and then gets like arrested. David's psycho brother. Yes, mm, yes, yeah. yes. These three episodes of, <laughs> of the Black Donnellys. Evan, did yes, they sorry. work for you? Oh, I... Oh, Andy's looking at me with a sad face. Oh, Andy really loves this show. But I gotta be honest with you. Um, oh, don't, don't do this to me. Don't manipulate me like this. Don't, I'm don't. Not, you can say what you want. Um, it doesn't sound like Evan can say what he wants. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh. No, from an outside like observer's point of view. emotionally no, blackmailing okay. me a little bit. No, I would never. I'll be fine. I'm strong. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not working for me, babe. Oh, okay. I I, I understand why it might appeal to some people, but it's not working for me. Um, I we'll we'll get deeper into it. I'll move on to sure. you, you have a moment. You have a moment to process these feelings that you're having. Hey, Andy. Ronnie. <laughs> oh, you okay? I was gonna yeah. I was gonna take away Andy's moment to process these feelings. Ronnie, yes. Uh, did these three episodes of the Black Donnellys work for you? Seeing how Andy has responded to this, I feel like it might color my opinions. <laughs> um, you I can feel, shit on it if you got to. Also, also granted, I have seen a a alternate universe version of this show where. Shit just doesn't make as much sense as it probably should. To be fair, though, Ronnie, you saw it as the viewing public saw it when it was aired. That's Unless true. Unless you were following NBC's emails about the airing schedule and went and watched the second episode on their internets, uh, on their, their, their internet website. <laughs> I trust that in 2007, NBC definitely said, "Hey, check out our internets for this episode. <laughs> Visit our internet site." Our internet location. <laughs> On the but world no, most wide people web. probably did not do that. www.blackdonnellys.com um, as, as I've seen this show, it is not working for me. But I, I think that has more to do with the genre than anything else. As much as like... Evan frequently is is just not on board with some of like the the genres of shows. This genre of show, movie, book, anything, I just don't have it in me. I don't have it in me for like casual violence, um, mob movies, all of it. I just have never been like a big fan. Um and this one feels like well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. It's just at this point, it's 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 not ringing that bell for me. But I think I think it's ringing. Andy's ringing Andy's bell. Listeners, I need you to ignore everything Evan and Ronnie say <laughs> for the rest of this episode. Especially that weird song that Ronnie just sang. Definitely ignore that. <laughs> It's just you and us, listeners. Evan and Ronnie are gone. They're not here. It's Andy. It's your favorite ending pending host. This show's... The only ending pending host. You're not here. It's just me and the listeners, and this show is perfect. This show is so good. It's so great. Everything about it's wonderful, and I love it very much. And I love you, listener. And thank you for being here with me in this un- unsafe and unhappy place <laughs> where people shit on the Black Donnellys because it's wonderful. And it's just going to be you and me for the rest of the episode. Okay, guys? Okay? Yeah, this show's working for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think <clears throat> that we should get right into it. And uh, Andy, you can uh, you can have the floor. We'll do this a little inhuman style where, Andy, state your case. 
Not, and I, I will say, I don't want to compare the show to the Inhumans. It is better than Inhumans. Oh, indisputably, yes. Okay. Yes. But, Andy, state your case. Why does this show work for you? Oh, man. In 2007, where was I? I was a sophomore in high school or something. Like, I, don't, like, I couldn't even drive yet. And this show came out, and I thought it was the dopest shit. I loved it very much. And so I think it has a lot of nostalgia, like, tied in with it. Like, me and my dumb high school friends would get together and watch it. Um, I like that the, like, the narrator aspect with Joey Ice Cream is funny, but I don't think it's overplayed. Like, he shows up just enough in the present to remind you that he's telling the story, that it's, like, a fun framing device, but it's not obnoxious like it's not deadpooly for thing the break wall for thing the break for thing the break wall <laughs> nope that is that is how that, that is officially how that is said now i will never say it other, in any other way except for for thing Y'all the break wall make fun of me for how i talk all that the time was, no that was brilliant no, that was comedic it was golden. genius please it was continue golden. I thought y'all were making fun of me. That was the fun funniest thing we've ever no, said on this that show. No, was fantastic. Oh. I feel like you're still making fun of me. <laughs> you're still laughing at me. It was funny. Okay. I'm just going to pretend like I meant to say it like that then <laughs> and that it wasn't just like my weird speech impediment. Um, I feel bad for Tommy. Tommy just wants to go to art school and like do his thing and he's got his dumbass brothers that just keep getting him in shenanigans. I like Kevin. I like Jimmy. Sean is a little lackluster and underdeveloped, and that's a that's a shame. But like the three main brothers, I think do a, a great job of holding the show. Uh, the guy who plays Nicky Katero is like killing it. Like that dude was born to play mobster roles, and like has only ever played mobster roles. And like you find what works for you, just keep doing it. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I think the, the writing's pretty good. I think the jokes are funny and they land. They're not overly jokey-jokey. I love the bit about Jimmy, not Jimmy, I love the bit about Kevin and Joey trying to get the plumbing supplies, but they get carpentry tools instead. That's fucking hilarious. Um, shit, yeah, I just like this show. It's a good show. I don't know what else to say. Everything works. It's perfect. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> um, I will say, I will say, I do like Joey Ice Cream. Yeah, Joey's great. I do like, if if this show could just lean a little bit more on Joey Ice Cream, then I would, I would be probably a bigger fan. The bit where he's talking to his lawyer and his lawyer's like, wait, how do you know about that conversation between Kevin and Tommy? Like that, how you just told it, that was a private conversation. And then Joey like appears in the scene and he's like, oh, I was here the whole time. And then the brother's like, wait, when did you get here? Did you pay for that beer? Like, that's hilarious. That might have been in the second episode that I didn't see because that's exactly the Joey ice cream kind of stuff that I want of him just like bending reality (laughs) to like, don't let the truth ruin a good story from Joey ice cream. Yeah, there's there's more of that to come. Uh, that, and it's, that I like. it's, it's very good. I love the concept of an unreliable narrator as a framing device. I don't particularly like Joey Ice Cream as a character, but I like the idea of Joey Ice Cream. <laughs> I, I mean, I like that. I like that trope. I like the platonic the use of that trope. ideal of Joey Ice Cream is yes, very pleasing. I love uh, the the concept as it exists out of time. Of Joey Ice Cream. Um, Joey Ice Cream is pretty good. Um, there's there's a lot of funny bits. There's there's a decent amount of funny bits. I I think I don't know. I think I'm missing a lot with this second episode. Is it is this second episode like fifty percent blood, fifty percent jokes? This the second episode is a lot of jokes. Uh, my favorite joke is. Kevin telling Tommy, stop using sarcasm on me. Why are you always using sarcasm? Uh, And then later, Kevin uses sarcasm on Tommy, and he, like, mimics Kevin, and it's great. Hmm. 
It's a good bit. I'm gonna get a complaint out of the way real quick. Um, None of their accents match. Well, that's a minor thing. That's I that that's was that's be a that's, that's okay. a go on the the accents like that's just a nitpick. That's not something that really like affects the show. But like <laughs> they every character except the couple of Italians who have the weird Italian nicknames. Every character in this show has the most generic name you can imagine, and they all look kind of similar. Like, there's um, the one who limps, who's a drug addict. I can tell him apart from the other ones because his hair's different and he wears, like, that weird-ass shirt and he limps. The rest of them have, like, the same haircut. They wear the same clothes. They have generic names. And, like, so when you're saying, like, this happened to Jimmy and that happened to Tommy and this happened to Kevin and... Then Kevin did this, and then Sean did that. I have no, like, visual reference in my brain for whomst is whomst. Because, like, they all look the same to me. Jimmy's the drug drug addict, and he's <laughs> the oldest. Tommy's the smart one. Kevin's the, the one who's bad at gambling, and Sean is the man slut. Right. So, <laughs> if, I, if I got this all correct, uh, Jimmy is cool but rude. Um, <laughs> Tommy does machines. Um, no, Tommy's the leader. Tommy, Tommy's the leader. Yeah, Tommy's the leader. Well, and then there's the girl character, Jimmy. <laughs> it's like the Smurfs. They all Sean's look identical. A party dude. If I can get this out of the way, Sean is a party dude. Sure. I guess Kevin, Kevin does machines, but it's like Kevin. Slot Kevin machines. does not do machines. Kevin. He does slot Kevin, machines. Kevin does not know the difference between a plumbing tool and a carpentry tool. He does not do machines. <laughs> and that makes Joey ice cream uh, Casey Jones. I guess so. I guess so. Could we watch Ninja Turtles instead? <laughs> no, because Ninja Turtles is good and got a second goddamn season. As Evan said, yes, there is also the girl character. <clears throat> There's um, the, the only girl character. Does she find out in episode two that her husband is dead? No, no. she still doesn't know. That's such a weird, like, subplot, because, like... Yeah, the dude's been gone well, forever! On, hang on, hang on, Sorry. I don't want to go there yet. I don't want to get there yet. We'll, yeah, I'm we'll the only there. one who said good things. Everyone said good things I about said my I show. Liked, I okay. said I liked Joey and his ice cream. Okay. Um, I liked, in, in the end of episode one, when, like, it stopped being mafia-based for a second, and Tommy calls up the police to have jo- uh, Jimmy... Jimmy? Yeah. See, I I, I kind of agree with it. you on this one, Evan. Yes. Jimmy tries to get, has Jimmy arrested, and like, he says like, oh, I did what I had to do, and, and Kevin's like, oh, you, it, it's a good thing that he got pinched, huh? And he's like, Tommy's like, yeah, it's a good thing. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff I want. Like, this sappy, brotherly, like, you know, we're doing what we have to do for each other. Not, and not necessarily we're killing people for each other, but like I'm doing what is like unpopular in this community so that I can help my brother. Yeah. And then immediately it's just like, nope, just kidding. Got to kill for my brother. And it's like, I don't <laughs> I don't think it needs it. I don't think it needs it. I just have such I don't know. I, I don't like lying. And that's a really weird like stance to take, but like this whole show is just like, oh, don't lie about this. You're gonna you're gonna start this other lie, and then you're gonna oh now the and now the Italians are gonna make you pay for every everything, and, and you're gonna get oh no, this is just a, what a tangled web we lead. Yeah, they they all make poor decisions. Yeah, it's just like yeah, I I I don't feel like. I don't, like you had mentioned in the intro, intro not, hang on, I, here I go again, here I go again. Um, I don't know, Olivia Wilde's good. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's a very talented actress, yes, but like yes. I said, she's essentially Smurfette in this show. There's That's all of fair. these, there's all these dudes, and then just the one girl character their mom shows up occasionally their mom is flemeth from dragon age and also she's in star trek and also she's in orange is the new black she's the russian lady from orange is the new black so i spotted her like in the fucking background and i was like oh shit it's flemeth 
but um she she doesn't do anything she just lurks around the which one gets beat up sean she lurks around sean's hospital bed and that's it and she's like i think she has a couple lines where she's like What'd y'all do? Or like, don't get into trouble, or something like that. Something motherly. But she she covers up the blood stain on sh- uh, Kevin's shirt because she realizes that they done did a murder, and that's about it. Yeah, but she literally she just like stuffs his sleeve into his jacket <clears throat> sleeve. It's it's like a split sec. It's a blink if you blink and you missed it. And then like she shot. she she like tells Tommy to go do a torture on the the hospital guy to try and get Sean moved. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think let me let me check my notes. There maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe there's something I can I can pull together. Uh Are you still trying to look for positives? Yeah. Oh wow, that's heartbreaking. Do you have any um, positives, dear? You haven't said anything nice about my show. Hmm. <sighs> The the very end portion of the the first episode is is good high drama. Yeah, I love. That, I mean, that was definitely an, that was definitely an intense moment. Like that was you know there was uh, I was not deeply invested in the show, but that felt emotional to me. Even so, so the the music choice is perfect. The narration by Joey Ice Cream, as like silly as that character is, usually I think is very good and dramatic there. And then, um, yeah, I, I think it sets up the rest of the season really well with the idea that Tommy does not want to be a criminal, but he's got these asshole brothers that he cares about, and he's going to do what he has to do to keep them safe. And if that means becoming a criminal, he's going to do it. Yeah. I love the ending of the first episode. It's very good. The backstory that they play up is pretty compelling, too. Um, yeah. With, you know, Jimmy or Johnny, Tommy. Jimmy, Johnny, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy like. being the one who crushed Jimmy's leg. But no one uh, knows. Nobody knows except yeah. for Jimmy Ice Cream. Johnny Ice Cream? Jimmy Joey. Crickets. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, and the whole thing with like, was it Jimmy or Tommy who told the Italians where his dad was? Jimmy. That's also a tough thing because yeah. I feel like I can do a pretty good job telling these boys apart as grownups when they but when they enter kids. child form with their with their common names. I I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the the idea that like one of the children is to not to blame, but is you know feels partly at fault for his father's death is like compelling. It's just all these things that lead to these very complicated, very broken boys like it makes sense like it, it, it it's not as if everyone's just doing things because oh i'm a gangster i gotta kill this person like these people have these lives that have been fractured by you know the community that they've lived in and it makes sense why they are doing the actions they're doing and making the bad choices they are yeah like jimmy's got so much hate in his heart because he feels responsible for what happened to his dad and it has led him on a very self-destructive route. Meanwhile, Tommy feels res- Tommy is responsible for hurting his brother in a very permanent way, in a very visible way, and that has led him to be the Mother Teresa of the group. Well, that's also why, um, Jesus, the limpy one, Jimmy. God, Jimmy, don't call him the limpy one. I- <laughs> Jeez. That's also why Jimmy's a drug a- drug addict. Well, yeah, for sure. He's like got chronic pain from this, like you know, devastating leg injury. So, like, not only is Art one Tommy Tommy literally responsible for injuring his brother that one time, he feels responsible for his brother's basically entire degenerate life of crime because that led to all of the current problems that he has. It's almost like this is some beautiful storytelling that's really compelling and emotional. We're 
we we are we are playing ball with you here, yeah, Andy. I love it. <laughs> we, are, mm. we are we are giving you a couple serves over the net. Okay, we're we're, we're we volleying can, things back. We can skip this next segment. Where we, we can skip about this the next negatives. segment. We cannot skip this next segment. Okay. But what we will do uh, is take a quick break, and we will be back uh, with more of the Black Donnellys. Da, 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 da. We want to give a very special thank you to Lunar Light Studio, our podcast host who hosts us and so many other great creators. What are some of the great creators, my friends? Artificial Ghost Radio. They talk about music in a really fun and interesting way, and the hosts have great chemistry, and I love it very much. I've been meaning to listen to Artificial Ghost Radio. I haven't had time yet because I'm such a slut for Cryptid Keeper, which, like, they don't need me to tell you how great they are. They're real great, but I'll tell you anyway. They're trying their best to combat the threats that are out there in our world and inform people of the cryptids that may eat you or crawl in your bed or something like that. I am a big fan of Storyboard. Uh, the hosts on that show do a tremendous job of, you know, weirdly animation is a genre of media that even though it's, it's super fun, can get super gatekeepery and, uh, they don't let that happen. Check out, check out storyboard. Uh, also be sure to check out lunarlightstudio.com and also check out our Patreon. That's at uh, patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. Uh, Andy and I were recently a part of a Dungeons & Dragons one-shot campaign that Andy DM'd and did a fantastic job on. Well, thank you. Um, You're welcome. Uh, I play a a turtle whose personality changes frequently depending on the situation and what character from one season TV show he feels like being. Um... It's a lot of fun, and you can get access to that and many other uh, live streams, many uh, other shows' content at patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. Check it out. Welcome to the ad firm of Parker, Lennox, and Rose. Our job is to take your brand and bring it to the forefront of the cultural zeitgeist. None of us have studied advertising. In fact, we don't know anything about business at all. The one thing we do know is how to make your product a viral failure. Coke is just better than Dr. Pepper because Coke did not... Dr. Pepper already did their own advertising by having an actual advertisement where the slogan was, It's not for women. (laughs) (laughs) This is Advertising. Brought to you by Lunar Light Studio every other Monday. Available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Donnellys. So the Black Donnellys. Now, this wonderful, beautiful show. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put baby in the corner real quick because because it's it's time for me and Evan to. Oh uh, boy. It's time for me and Evan to uh, to 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 uh, have some words. Time for the time for the share, to talk, dear. Share Aww. some feelings. Don't. Do, I don't want to be condescending about it. We have some feelings, and I I'm not going to get too aggressive. I have what I feel like are some well thought out points to uh, to why exactly this show is not quite working for me. Evan, do you want to lead us off? Um, probably the, the first and most impactful problem right out of the gate was that episode one was a very hard and fast info dump. A huge, huge pile of information was just poured into your ears and your eyes and all of your sensory apparatuses in the first episode. Um, like I said, there was this problem where all the names sound very samey, and maybe this is a problem unique to me. I don't think it is, though, because 
Kieran Gillen, the writer, has also remarked on getting confused by names that end in E, like that are nicknames like Tommy and Teddy and Billy. So I don't think this is a problem unique to me. Um, that, the fact that, like... Wait, so there's... You're saying because there's Tommy, Jimmy, Joey, Louie, Nikki... Kevin, Sean... Well, those aren't E. Not I'm not necessarily saying specifically the E names, specifically and exclusively the E names. I was, I was agreeing but, with you. I was okay. just doing a funny... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, they're all extremely common generic names, and like that's confusing... And there is, um, the, the first episode is basically an info dump about the backstory of all four of these brothers and several people who drift in and out of their lives from the time they were 11 up until the present day. And it is a ton of information. It's really hard to absorb it all. It's really hard to make sense of it. It's hard to remember from scene to scene who had that conflict with who from the last scene, who was in the bar, who was in the street, who was talking to whomst, what beef who had with who. So all of that establishing information is just, like, just piled on you from right out of the gate. And uh, I don't think that was handled very elegantly. Uh, so I had a hard time tracking everything that happened from there on out because it just loaded, it overloaded my brain with all of the, the stuff that was happening. Here is my primary complaint. And, and, and I think this will speak to a little bit of what you're talking about, Evan. Um, I have stated earlier that I am not a fan of the genre of like, the mafia, the mob movie, the organized crime show. Um, this show feels like they want to be like a 80s, early 90s, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese film, but it doesn't quite have the charm. It doesn't quite, it hasn't quite earned that. Um, something that, that, sticks out to me as we're talking about this it, it, and it might even be just a play on this if which if if it was intended then you know that's an interesting turn but in the movie uh goodfellas as the as the main character is narrating he says something along the lines of um how he's getting introduced to everybody all the sons and nephews and and almost all of them were named peter or paul there must have been two dozen peters and pauls at the wedding Plus, they were all married to girls named Marie, and they all named their daughters Marie. So it's like, that's, I mean, that's that's from a, an Italian perspective. Um, but, you know, to have this ca cast of characters where they're all kind of named the same thing, they all kind of look alike, and, and you can't really keep, keep them straight in your head. Like, that could be a direct callback to this genre of movie. Um, I just... Don't and and it's early. I don't really have the problem with the the first episode that you do, Evan. Like, it's a pilot. Like, I, I understand this is more info than we're typically used to, but you got it. You got to get a lot in there. You got to dump a lot of info. Sounds it's, like it's Ronnie's not, on my side. I'm. He I, loves my wait, show. I I literally am making a compliment sandwich out of one compliment and two complaints. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's I just I don't I don't think I think it's trying really hard to be something that I don't think it it has the chops to be. I, I think it wants to 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 have that clout of a Goodfellas of a Godfather um, of a wise guys kind of thing, and it's it's telling it from a different perspective, which I appreciate. I have not seen. Um, Gangs of New York, which I believe takes it from this different perspective of, of a more Irish uh, mafioso background. Gangs of New York is a phenomenal um, movie, by the way. You should absolutely watch it. I think it. it's on Netflix. I haven't seen it. You should watch it. I've heard it's very long. Um, it is very long, but it's also excellent. <laughs> all, all that to say that I, I think that it 
you know, I've, I've, I've enunciated it, it. It is trying to hit a nail that I just don't think it has the right hammer to get to. Um, I mean, you did miss them turn Louis downtown into mashed potato soup with a sledgehammer so they could fit his body in a barrel. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't feel like I missed that. <laughs> I don't I don't miss having seen that. Um not not one for uh, the violence. Um the th- the thing with I don't know. And this is like people are going to get mad at me cuz like Godfather Part 2 or Godfather whatever. These are like the best movies ever made. But it just feels to me the entire genre just feels like a like like a, a masculine power fantasy. Like, oh, if my brothers were in this situation and this happened to them, oh, the person who did that, they would be in some trouble from me. And here's what I would do to them if it were to happen. Like I feel like I'm making I think this is like literally a joke from Family Guy, but like it I I just don't buy into it. Like there's so much bravado, so much just like seething masculinity that I'm just like kind of generally turned off by it. Like Andy, you say you talk about um, Tommy and how he doesn't want to be a part of this life. He doesn't want to be a mobster, but he has to do what he has to do for his brothers. I feel like he kind of wants this. Like I, I got nothing from that first episode where he was in art school, that he was super content there and really like wanted to leave this world behind him. Everyone else said like, you should leave this world behind you. Go straight. But like everything about the way that he has gone about things is like, nope, I'm a man and a man has to take what he wants and be masculine and murder and violence and um, gotta stand up for my family. It could be because I have, like, the benefit of hindsight where, like, I've seen this whole show through multiple times. Fair. And so, like, I know stuff that Tommy's going to struggle with, and so maybe that's coloring my perspective on these episodes. Mm -hmm. But um, I I like that Tommy isn't the sort of character who is, like, your typical, like, mobster protagonist. Like, he seems to struggle a lot with guilt. And with um, his place in all this, and uh, I don't think he really does want to be uh, like a gangster. I think he's a little bit more Walter White in that, like, he didn't set out originally to to do this, and maybe he gets a little uh, obsessed with the power that he's going to get. But mm-hmm. I think at least at the start of things, he's he's a bit more tragic. I did not um I did not think of it in that way when I first saw it Ronnie but I I do think you have a point and I do think a lot of mob movies kind of uh revolve around I mean it's kind of indisputable that the like the mobster mentality is a toxic masculine oh, mentality Sopranos yeah. and yeah, Godfather yeah. and yeah. Goodfellas. Oh yeah. So 100%. I think that's a that's a very valid point. And Scarface. I do think the um this whole reaction like you you beat up my brother, you you beat up one of our guys, so I'm gonna kill one of your guys, right. and then you killed one of our guys, so I'm gonna kill a bunch of your guys. Right. Like, violence begets violence, and yeah, that's the only way men know how to deal with their problems. Yeah, uh I definitely think uh that's that's a valid point to make. Um, my, my problems with the show were more like, uh, the, the setup and the narrative, like, like I explained, I just, um, I don't think it was clean and I don't think it was edited that well. Mm -hmm. And also this is like, this is kind of a, kind of a sidebar, I guess, but there's some very weird music choices. Yeah, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. There's some very mm-hmm. so in the beginning for like as Tommy is the art one, mm-hmm. right? Tommy is art. It's boy. not that hard. Y'all are making it way harder. I I swear to you, I'm not doing a bit. Like I I'm genuinely, I am genuinely unable to connect their names to their faces. I I promise you, I'm not like trying to be funny. 
like to look ignorant to make this look annoying but uh Tommy's walking down the street and that beautiful things the trance song that got popular in like the early 2000s is playing and if you know what I'm talking about you will hear it in your head like that like it's a very it it was very strange it was very tonally inappropriate for what was happening it like a weird pop trance song from from the mid 2000s worked its way in there somehow and then i can't think of another like song by name as an example but it was that throughout it was just a very strange strange sprinkling in of songs that I assume were popular at the time, but totally did not fit the tone of what was happening at all. Um, I don't think I like Kevin at all. Yeah. Ke- Kevin is supposed to be unlikable. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Because I don't like him. It's <laughs> Kevin the they, gambling they, one. Yeah. They, they did it right. They developed him. I don't even him. remember Kevin. I have no recollection of what he he's, did. He's the young, cute one who doesn't have a, a chunk taken out of his face now. They develop him more, and he's gonna like grow and become a, a, a human person. But like starting out, he's not. Like everything feel like I, I I stand by what I said earlier that like the things that the people are doing feel compelled. Like they feel compelled to do that. Like I don't feel like they're doing it out of nowhere. Whenever Kevin does something, I'm not quite sure why it's happening other than somebody told Kevin to do it and Kevin is just like, like just a gopher. But then we spend so much time dealing with like, well, here's how Kevin did it. It's like the whole. Also, everything is ultimately Kevin's fault. Like Kevin owed the Italians five G's. And so like this whole thing happened because Kevin is bad i was just gonna point that out it's hard to have like he's the linchpin of the whole situation he was in debt so they had to kidnap the italian guy and then they the italians why did they beat up sean because of yeah to get back at them for kidnapping okay yeah so this whole escalation situation happened because of uh kevin's debt and it's real hard to do that and have the character be unlikable because you have no sympathy for anyone who's a victim of this situation because, like, well, Kevin's a dumbass. Like, I don't feel bad. Like, he made a bad decision and then there was just a uh, it's, it's, an avalanche it's not, of bad decisions. And it's not just that he's unlikable, but, like, up to this point, he's just very bland. Like, I just... I, he is so one-dimensional and such like a canvas with which the other brothers just paint upon and like, hey, dude, and it's just like, okay. Like, I I don't, and I don't feel like it's like, a, oh, you gotta do what you gotta do for your brothers. I feel like it's just like, my job is to forward the plot. I'm gonna go on this errand. Like, I just, it, it's, it's less that like, I don't like him and more that just like, if he was not on the show because the brothers were like, hey, you're the one who's causing us a bunch of problems. We're gonna like, set sick the italians on you i'd be like that's fine like can we move on with this like i'm not i'm not indebted to this character yeah if kevin didn't exist there would be no plot right and it would be fine for everybody if kevin like it would be fine for me let's just divorce kevin kevin's not a brother anymore it's like you you feel for these characters like like jesse pinkman like if if jesse pinkman was not a part of of um goodness gracious breaking bad then like walter white doesn't get into that life but you love jesse he's complicated he's difficult but he's a character that you have to have around this person is the linchpin and also i don't care that he's there like i don't i don't like it it makes it feel like things are happening for no reason even though i know that there is a very good and compelling reason why everything's happening and so it's just like confusing to me I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't like your show, babe. It's okay. It we. I mean, I missed a whole episode of this, and there's way more episodes to come. I will say spoilers for episode three, or what is actually episode four. 
I did enjoy episode four more, even though there were a lot of things where I was like, I don't understand what's going on here, clearly because I missed a whole 45 minutes of television. Is that the one with the, they steal the the wine? Yes. Yes. That's a good, it's, 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 I wrote here, we could talk about this more next time because that's how we do this show, apparently. But I wrote in here, I feel like I enjoyed this episode a little bit more, but not that much. So. There's a little, there's a little taste of what's to come. Um, I like the brother dynamic. I like the way these brothers interact with each other. I just wish they focused more on that rather than like, you know, the Rude these- Goldberg machine of of uh, mob interactions that are happening. Yeah. Yeah, and the law, it's just, it's so uncomfortable, I don't know, not uncomfortable, I'm scared for these boys, and maybe that means that I'm more invested in this show than I'm letting on, that, like, I'm scared of what's gonna happen, but I think that's more just, like, of my anxiety of, like, oh, no, they've really, they've really stepped in it this time, how are they gonna get out of this one? Zoink, Scoob! Zoink, Scoob! (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I'm not crazy about this genre either, but, um, they're, as evidenced by... Gangs of New York, uh, I have seen mob movies and mob media that has appealed to me. Yeah. So I I don't think it's a, a result of the genre specifically that sure. I can't get into it. And I will say that like all of this is based on very real and very factual accounts of maybe not the show, but the genre, the tropes that have been built of real life organized crime which is a thing and i'm not saying that like it's it's just gussied up for the tv or for the movie like a lot of this is pulled right from the headlines what i'm saying is that that i guess it's just i have a weird preoccupation with death and making death more casual than i feel like it needs to be makes me vastly uncomfortable and that's a me problem so or maybe it's that's a me good thing that I don't like casual murder um, in my media, but that's just kind of how I feel, and that's a very personal feeling. If you do not feel that way, this might be the show that is perfect for you. I think that it is it is fairly well written, a little clunky at times, but no more than any of the other shows that we watch. Um, there's just some some issues there that are, are hard for me to hurdle. So it's it's working for all of us, we can say. That's basically what we're saying. Great. I talk agree. About, talk about cognitive dissonance. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say I will say this as well. Um, I looked up reviews for the show before uh, recording tonight. Here we go. It had like. Thirty-eight percent and forty percent on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. Google had it at a ninety-six approval rating, and um, IMDb was like an eight point five. Yeah, IMDb was eight point two. So, so clearly, a, a huge gulf of opinions between yeah. like clearly people landed all over the yeah. place on this show, and that there were people who fucking loved sure. it, and there were people who fucking hated it. Yeah. We'll see which camp we fall in next time. It sounds like we all love it. Yeah. So sounds I'm pretty, like we I'm love pretty it. great about it. it sounds feels like, like I can't get pe- enough. Ending pending these, loves it. I can't get enough of these good, good Irish boys and their guns that they shoot a lot at people. I can't get enough of these Irish boys who all have the same name and the same face and the same haircut and the same jacket. If you knew two people, one named Kevin and one named Sean, you would not think they had the same name. It's not specifically Kevin and Sean. It's we have Kevin, covered this. We have covered Kevin this extensively. Kevin and Sean in the sea of generic white boy names are two more white boy names. And it does not help either that, again, they all they all, they all exactly do dress the, the same, same yeah. and dress yeah. exactly the same. They all, they all are, are fairly attractive. They're all conventionally attractive white guys. They all have brown hair. And they all dress in the same color palette and the same style. They're like on Camino, these samey boys. Uh, anywho. Uh, anywho. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. 
You might need We're just to, gonna go right there. To, oh. You might need to talk to Pawn Shop Lou about this show. You might need to tell him. Pawn Shop Lou sounds like a character on <laughs> yes, Black exactly. Donnellys. You might need to tell Pawn Shop Lou to watch the Black Donnellys. Yeah, tell him. But at the same time, donate to don't. our Patreon too. Yeah, let's let's take a step back. Do that <laughs> before we shut Give the show down. Give us money, you selfish let's, uh, bitches. Let's make sure that people follow us on Twitter. Oh, at okay. pending pod follow us on instagram at ending pending send us emails PendingPod at gmail.com uh go to our patreon so you can contribute get more of that good good ending pending content more of that good good uh storyboard content and advertising content and over which content all of it can be found on lunarlightstudio.com and some exclusive content patreon.com Slash Lunar Light HQ. I want to Scrooge McDuck into all of your money, so give it to us. Yes, we're gonna turn it all into pennies. <laughs> yes, we're going to go have it, uh, and we'll be able to dip our big toe pennies. into it. I have a very bad gambling addiction, and if you don't donate to our Patreon, I'm gonna have to kidnap an Italian. Oh no! <laughs> I hope that I. I hope I. Hey, if anyone's listening, you just heard Andy say that. Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. You try too hard to lead into the Don't Tell Pawn Shop Lou. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.